Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. Walter, thank you for coming on, on the Business Mentor Podcast. You know, um, I appreciate you joining all the way from the US. And, uh, you know, with technology, we can do these interviews over the pond without being face-to-face, but we are going to meet up soon, hopefully. Right. It's, it feels like we're at a coffee shop sitting side by side. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. Technology is amazing. Awesome. So, you know, for my audience that don't know Walter, you know, I've researched him. He's on TED Talks. I'm a former NBA basketball player, uh, motivational speaker now, sharp mindset. But look, I want to go, you know, deeper into your story, your backstory, and get people to understand a bit more about it. Just tell us about Walter growing up. Tell us a bit about your background. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Chicago. You know, which is a global city, obviously, um, city kid. Um, parents were teachers. My mother taught kindergarten. My dad was a high school principal. In fact, he was my high school principal. And um, when you talk about mentorship and the power of mentoring, yeah, you know, that's real for me because I was not, you know, I was a decent student. I wasn't a great student and I love sports, you know, and um, it took me a while to really understand how important academics were right because my whole dream was to play pro sports but obviously you got to be more than that and so when my career ended i had to become more than that so i could provide for my family but you know through the mentorship of my high school principal aka dad i was able to understand the importance of having balance being a good athlete but also being a good student and um so mentorship and coaching is important to me. I've actually written a book about it that's uh, become a bestseller. We've sold 10,000 books. Um, we can talk about that later. Yeah, we'll share it towards the end for, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but, you know, mentorship, when I think about how I got to the NBA, it was coaching slash mentorship. Yeah. When I think about how I became a Hall of Fame motivational speaker doing 100, you know, keynotes a year, coaching companies, training employees. I go back to coaching and mentorship. And so yeah. I would love to sit here and, 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 and talk about how brilliant I am and how smart I am and how I did this all by myself, but that would be a lie. You know, good coaching, good mentorship, good support is I think what we all need in order to reach our potential. 100%. And I always say, you know, we are a true reflection of our education, our mentors and coaches. And that's how we become who we are. And um, when people talk about investing in mentors and coaches, you know, you see, you'll see the power. You know, if you, if I interview lots of people. I'm sure you've spoken to many, many people. And if you look, look at their backstory, you know, even go back to Kobe, which we're going to touch on, you know, you look at his mentors of how they helped them. So were you, were you always into basketball then? Because obviously the NBA is a big thing, you know, to many people. It's a bit like football here. Um, how, did, how, did, how did you get into basketball? Well, I played all sports growing up. 
you know, baseball was my first love. Right, okay. And um, I don't know how much you guys played baseball in the UK. Not, um, not much. <laughs> more of a cricket kind of country. Cricket, but, football, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But my uncle played Major League Baseball. And oh, okay. My dad's brother. Right. And he died of leukemia, uh, blood cancer, okay. during his Major League Baseball career. And so my dad named me after his brother. So obviously, you know, we're really a baseball family at the core. But being in Chicago, Chicago is a basketball town. It's a basketball city. And it's not like I chose basketball. Basketball chose me. I was a good athlete. I was really good in football. Well, yeah, American football. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was really good in football, really good in baseball, really good in basketball. And so just being just geographically in Chicago, I think, is probably the biggest reason why I gravitated to basketball. And it's one thing that a lot of athletes struggle with. When you're a good athlete, you know, you're typically good in a couple of different sports. Yeah. But eventually you got to choose, you know, in business, eventually you got to choose, right? You got to, you got to decide what is your niche, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Or niche. That's what, that's how you get Niche, niche, niche. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. But eventually you got to be decisive yeah. and decide what category of business are you going to own, yeah. right? And so 100%. I think that uh, eventually I had to choose sports. Um, what niche I was going to own and the same thing in business once my career was over I understood the power focus and once we started our training and development company it really grew exponentially because my wife and I got real focused on motivating inspiring and training people on how to reach their potential yeah I'm glad you mentioned niche niche <laughs> um, because you know people often ask me you know, obviously 20 years ago, I built a company with 500 staff, you know, we did 30 million in sales and revenue. And one of the key things for me was, was, I mean, now it's a bit more difficult because, you know, going back 20 years, you know, around 15, 20 years, there wasn't that much social media around. But today you're bombarded with like opportunity, opportunity. And the power of focus is more important now because back in the day, you, you had a few opportunities. You didn't have like, God, man, I, the amount of stuff I get bombarded with, course after, you know what I mean? So yes. I think if anything, if you're watching this, you know, I'm glad you've kind of compounded that fact. You've got to double down and focus on something if you're going to be good at something, right? That's right. You know, you look at this cell phone right here. I mean, this device can allow any of us to go anywhere in our mind yeah. in a split second. I can do a Google search on Lions. And all of a sudden, I'm in Africa, yeah. you know, watching lions and how prides are built. So, unfortunately, with access to the Internet and all the information, I don't know if we've gotten smarter. You know, yeah. I think a yeah. lot of people are so distracted that they're really not operating at full capacity. So when I talk about focus, you know, we talk about the eye of the tiger, right? We talk yeah. about Kobe focus where you you you're focused on being the best basketball player in the world i'm focused on being the top motivational speaker in the world i mean just that focus is what i learned in sports and because i played two sports for a long time and i was good in all of them and one of my assistant coaches in um, college at the university of minnesota saw me play baseball and he's like well you have a dilemma i was like what do you mean yeah. he says you're a really good baseball player and <laughs> You're a really good basketball player, but this is what he asked me. Do you want to be a pro? And I was like, wow. Yeah. And I was like, of course. He said, well, you got to choose. There's no way you're going to be a pro 
in baseball and basketball. You got to yeah. choose. I mean, Michael Jordan tried it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Baseball player, and it didn't work. So the power of focus, and that's all through coaching and mentorship, though. Yeah. You know, I'm 17, 18, 19 years old. I had access to really good coaches, really good people who understood success at a high level. And probably the only thing I'm proud of is that I listened. <laughs> yeah. I really just listened to people that God put in my life to coach me and mentor me. So when I see someone struggling, honestly, I'm like, if one or two things are amiss, either that person doesn't have good coaches and good mentors in their life, or that person's not listening to their coaches and their yeah. mentors. It's typically one or the other. You're right. You're right. And taking action, you know, really important. That's what the accountability comes are. You'll know that yourself. Well, you know, when I had that conversation with my assistant basketball coach about baseball and basketball, it really hit me. He was right. And I gave up baseball instantly. Right. I acted. I executed on my advice. Tough decision because baseball was in my blood. But two years later, because of that decision, I was in the NBA starting for the Dallas Mavericks. So, again, it's just the example of having good mentors and good coaches and being coachable. Yeah, that's true. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, we see people in business, you can tell them what to do and you can recommend what to do based on your experience and based on what you've seen. And they never execute. And I'm like, why did you waste my time? You wanted to have coffee. You wanted to get some advice. I gave it to you. It took 30 minutes of my time. Right. And then you don't do it. That's right. (laughs) Right. My mentor, I'll give you an example. In the speaking business was a guy named Jesse Williams. Okay. When 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 he began to mentor me and my business began to thrive, you know what he told me? He says I was the only person who ever executed on what he told them to do. I'm the only person. Yeah. He's like, you don't know how many conversations I've had. I was the only person that really took to heart what he recommended we do. We didn't even think. We just executed. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm a Hall of Fame speaker. So I don't know what is the disconnect for people seeking mentors, seeking coaches, and then not executing. I don't know the disconnect there, but for those of us who are smart and wise, you can save time, money, frustration. You can save yourself from mistakes. Yeah. Right? It's by simply finding a good mentor and just listening and executing that which your mentor encourages you to do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And even my own journey. And it, sometimes it's just a limp, s- simple little steps that you've got to follow. You know, put in the work, pivot here, avoid that. But you're right, people do not take the advice or they don't action and they procrastinate. And before you know, they're here. But I, the disconnect, I don't know either. You know, the problem I think you get these days is. The problem with any success, and you all know this more than anything with the NBA, is patience. It takes time. But the problem is, you know, if your mentor gave you, if you give someone a bit of advice with your coaching and mentoring, and so you've got to tell them, you've got to do it over a uh, over course of time. You can't, and they, people want it instantly. Yeah, you got to be patient. You know, I think about my, my rookie year in the NBA, I was 23. But I started playing basketball like when I was eight years old, nine years old. So you're talking about 15 years um, of working hard, of preparation, of becoming a pro. And we live in this microwave society where people want things quick. 
Yeah. You know, in, in six months, I want to own the company. In, in three years, I want to be the CEO. Like, yeah. Really. yeah. And um, I learned through pro sports the process of development. And even though I've been doing, you know, motivational speaking and coaching and training in the business arena for 19 years, I feel like we've just laid the foundation, to be honest. Whereas yeah. it really catapult. Like, if you look at a high skyscraper, you know, you got to lay a really good foundation if you're going to build a building, you know, that's going to be, you know, 300 stories or however top. The foundation needs to be consistent with how big you're trying to grow your business. And it's like a tree. You have to have a root system before this tree can take off. So yeah, you, you know. If we rush through, if we rush through and don't learn what we need to learn about leadership, about executing, about brand building, about selling, about yeah. building culture. You know, if we don't understand all the elements that we put into this soup, you know, yeah. we're not going to have the soup we want. And we can't rush a yeah. good soup. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I asked the question, Jay, you know, how, how have you built your brand and how are you talking about business? And I said, well, if you look at my journey, I spent 10, 12 years not even on this scene, actually building a business, just like, you know, you were you know, playing basketball. Your coaching and your knowledge hasn't come overnight. It's accumulated over time. But what I want to touch on the link between sports and business, because I think that's quite powerful. With you being a pro athlete, you know, it's good to ask that question. Where have you seen you know, the difference, the discipline you've seen in sports? Some um, people can now use that. You know, a lot of my my listeners are looking to get into business or in business. Where have you seen the, the synergy there, the link? You know, to this day, Jay, I still run everything through my basketball computer first. You know, I'm yeah. one you know, and that's my foundation sports. And so I still think like an athlete. So, for example, in sports, you have an off-season. Right. That's not when you work in your business, you work on your business. And for me, as an athlete, my off seasons were sacred. That's when I lost 10 pounds. That's when I worked on my left hand. That's when I worked on my jump shot. That's when I worked on my free throw shooting. So that next year I came back bigger, stronger and faster. And so when I got in the business the first three years, I worked like everybody else and I got stale. I got lethargic. I just didn't feel that that edge like I was in position to have exponential improvement or exponential growth. Yeah. I turned to my wife and I was like, babe, we need an off season, you know? Yeah. And we began to take off seasons in our business the same way that we did in sports. And then we took off. And so now we actually facilitate off season retreats for our corporate clients. We just did one for a large franchise called Jersey Mike subs. Okay. I mean, we took them through an off season process so that they can experience exponential growth. And so, you know, I think the same metaphor of sports translates to business in a million different ways. And here's another way. Not only should you take strategic breaks to get bigger, stronger, and faster. One thing I also learned, Jay, to play in the NBA, I had to master the fundamentals of basketball. I had to dribble at a high level. Yeah. Right? I had to shoot at a high level. <clears throat> I had to be in great shape. I had to be able to rebound. I'm six foot five, and by NBA standards, I'm a little guy. You know, my kids and their friends think I'm tall. Yeah. When they see me with my NBA peers, I'm little. I'm short. So uh, yeah. To operate at only six five in the NBA, you have to be incredibly skilled, incredibly intelligent, incredibly fundamentally sound. So 
when I left sports and got in the business, I didn't focus on money. I focused on fundamentals. Like, how do you sell? Like, what is the fundamentals of closing a deal, right? Yeah. What is leadership, right? What is culture? Like, really understanding how important it is to network and relationship build. And, and all of a sudden, my wife and I together began to understand not basketball fundamentals, but business fundamentals. And then we began like to master business fundamentals. So, for example, we studied the speaking industry. And great speakers are very entertaining and dynamic. And they give their audience great information. So from day one, day one, when we launched this business, every time I spoke, I knew I had to be very entertaining and dynamic. And I had to give my audience great information. And so we built our business understanding the fundamentals. Kobe knew what he needed to do to become a Hall of Fame ball player. Yeah. He knew, right? He knew he had to win. He knew he had to work at a high level. He knew he had to be a stat stuffer. He understood because he studied Michael Jordan. He understood because he studied Magic. He understood because his dad was a ball player. So when Kobe's career began, he was not clueless about how much work it took. He wasn't clueless about his own skill set and his own ability, and he had to get better. Every year, Kobe got better because he understood for me to reach my potential, I need to keep escalating up the food chain and getting bigger, stronger, and faster. That's the attitude of an athlete, and that's what we bring to the business world. In 19 years, okay, we've done incredible things. But my wife and I, we're still taking off seasons. We yeah. had one yesterday. And this coronavirus that's spreading around the world yeah. has really been a blessing in disguise. So instead of sitting around waiting for it to be over and watching the news all day, we're trying to figure out, okay, we're going to launch our own podcast. Yeah, I like and, it. You need to come back and be a, be a guest. It'll be an honor. It'll be an honor. We'll launch our first one tomorrow. We, we're launching a mastermind, okay? We're building our coaching program. So yeah. instead of just sitting around letting the coronavirus impact us, we're going to take advantage of the coronavirus because I'm on the road all the time. Yeah. And yesterday, I told my wife, like, man, we had a full day of work. We went and played a little golf. Yeah. Came back, had dinner, and watched a movie. And I was like, man, and then went to bed. I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> this is what people do that don't travel. I yeah, do yeah. Every day. So, yeah. we're looking at this coronavirus as an opportunity. Yeah. To take up many off seasons. It might last two months, three months, four months. Who knows until we get back to normal. But we're going to take advantage of this break yeah. and get bigger, stronger, and faster. So to answer your question, I'm still a corporate athlete. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. I, that's what I like. You know, I was into sports. I didn't quite make it to the levels, you know, in professional sport. But, you know, discipline, hard work. And I love the example of off season. I think that's a great way of putting it, uh, you know, taking that break, recategorizing. And I also love the way you said you studied the craft of speaking. You know, people go 100 miles into a business. And that's why I talk about get your vision right, get your strategies right, then go harder. Because if you're going the wrong way, then you can keep going that way. You'll never know. You've got to map out something before you go there and find the tools, right? It's just sometimes it's quite simple. You know, if you have poor form on your jump shot, you can go and practice poor form all day. Yeah. And you're doing yourself a disservice. So the first thing you want to do before you really start practicing hard is to make sure you have the right form. 
right? Elbows in, you're squared up, shoulders are square, right? Feet are square. You, 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 you got good good foundation shooting the basketball, and then you practice. So to your point, yeah, if you have bad habits, if you have bad ritual, if you have a bad business strategy, if you have a bad business uh, um, approach, working hard is going to get you some results, but long term, you know, you have to work smart and hard. I guess is probably the best way we can frame it. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that I, I just want to reiterate again to all of the listeners is that you asked the question about the comparison between sports and business, and it's powerful. I made it to the NBA because I mastered the fundamentals of basketball. Yeah, I've been successful in business because I've mastered the fundamentals of business. Or let me at least say, we are in the process of mastering, like complete mastery of leadership. Imagine that, where everyone wants to work for you. Yeah. Like and nobody that. wants to leave, right? Everybody's yeah. completely bought in. Everybody completely knows the vision. Everybody completely knows the culture. Everybody comes to work to be an impact player, right? That's what every leader wants, but very few leaders know how to get it. Yeah. Most people are dealing with high turnover, apathy, insubordination, poor alignment. Why? Because you have not mastered leadership. Yeah. And I told my team here yesterday, I got to be a better leader. And it's my wife and my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that's and I literally was like, I got to be a better leader yeah. for this three-man shop. Yeah. We're going to get to the next level. No, you're right. We have I, other vendors we work with, but he, our core is right here in the phone. Yeah. Uh, why do you, I mean, so look, there's loads of good information there. Motivational speaking, um, being a Hall of Famer, how did you get into that? Because obviously it's... Um, you know, something I'm interested in finding out from you. How do you get into motivational? Because I'll tell you, I'll give you a quick example. I do talks and posts and stuff, and people, when I meet, they say you're inspirational, motivational, you know, types. But I just do it off the cuff anyway. But I'm interested because your titles around that. So tell us a bit about you getting into becoming a motivational speaker. Well, I did the homework and the research, and um, my college basketball coach recommended that I do it. And um, I didn't do it until my career was over and when it was time to transition. And so my wife and I joined the National Speakers Association. We found mentors and coaches, and they taught us how to build a business. I mean, I went to start speaking at high schools, middle schools, churches, rotary clubs, started very humbly. And the one thing I do love about the analogy of sports and business, I would go play basketball every day whether it was at a park, whether it was in a gym, whether it was just with one friend. I mean, just every day, obsessively, I played basketball every single chance I could every day for the most part. And so we started speaking. We didn't focus on the money. We just needed reps, right? We needed a chance to get out and speak, right? And, you know, we have a coaching program for speakers. And one of our philosophies is the more you speak, the more you speak. It's one thing that kind of it feeds off of itself. And so every time I speak, not only do I get better and learn and get more experience, the audience gets to experience my message and they become your marketing agent. You yeah. know, they become the people who say, man, I heard Walter Bond speak. He was amazing. We need him. Or we heard Walter Bond speak. We read his book. We need to buy his book. Oh my God, I love his message. And we're talking about the shark mindset, Yeah. right? That's my, that's my message right now. There's a reason why sharks run the ocean. You know, there, there's a reason why sharks at the top of the food chain. If you get in the ocean, there's only one fish you worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? 
Like the shark, right? Because if a shark gets a hold of you, they're going to leave a mark. So we're teaching business professionals and leaders all over the world the shark mindset. And right now, there's no better time for us to develop and uh, accept the shark mindset. And here's why. You know that sharks never stop moving or they die? Think about that metaphor. Their work ethic. Yeah. They outwork every fish. Right? Just, just we have what we call the sacred six, and it's in our book, Swim. But they outwork everybody. Right? And so in sports, Kobe Bryant was held in such high esteem yeah. because of his work ethic. Michael Jordan had epic work ethic, right? And so a lot of times we can beat the competition in business just by, by outworking them. Just 100%. work harder than they do, right? And so the shark mindset has been something that is we have people emailing us shark tattoos they've gotten. I've spoken at events where they've given out little toy sharks to the whole entire um, audience. And the shark mindset is something that is really become a movement because if you want to be at the top of the food chain in restaurant, food service, yeah, yeah. fashion, entertainment, it doesn't matter the business. There's certain behaviors and I know this because I've become the best in two different industries. There's certain behaviors that allowed me to play in the NBA, right? The work ethic, the commitment, the confidence, the focus, the skill set, the talent, the ability got me there. And so when I got into this new industry, the same mindset got me to Hall of Fame status in the motivational speaking business. So here I am, Jay. I've become the best in the world in two different industries. And they're almost parallel in terms of how I operate in them. And so yeah. when I go in front of business professionals, entrepreneurs, business owners, I can speak with authority and confidence because when you've done it twice, it's like, yeah. man, this stuff works. Yeah, it's repeating. Yeah, yeah, it's recycle. Yeah. And, and I'm not telling you what somebody else did, right? I'm yeah, telling you yeah. what I did. You know, From a lot of heart. speakers, no disrespect, want to come and talk about other people's success. Now, I'm coming in talking about what we've been able to accomplish and the failures along the way. Yeah. You know, I have failed. Right? So even though I can teach with confidence, I still have a level of humility yeah. because I have failed before. And I think my audience appreciates the real message I give that it's going to be a, a, a journey. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have some struggles. But if you don't quit, yeah, and if you listen to me, I can help you get to your next level. I like that. I like that. And um, Walter touching on Kobe because Kobe was a, you know, I followed him. I, I followed him more because basketball isn't as big as, you know, it is here that is in the US. But I followed his business journey the way he is, and it was a tragic loss. And I did a tribute podcast and video towards Kobe because I felt so much sort of connection in the way that he worked hard and he's just a general thing. So t tell me a bit about your Kobe and, you know, what your thoughts around was it and did he have any interaction or, you know, what was it like for you? Because obviously you're in basketball, you're watching this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy. So you, you know, tell us a bit about your in, thoughts. Indirectly, and here's what I mean by that. Um, Kobe's younger than me, so I never played against him, but the yeah. basketball industry is very small and there's only been like, something crazy like only 3,000 people who've ever played in the NBA. It's something like small number well, that yeah. blew me away. Um, but anyway, I broadcasted for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
And so when I was broadcasting, Kobe was, was with the Lakers. And so although I was done playing ball, I was 31, 32, a lot of my former teammates, a lot of my peers were still in the NBA. And I got the scoop on Kobe because that was my job. My job was for the 32 teams for me to understand the climate, the culture, the temperature in the locker room, who was happy, who was unhappy, you know, who wanted to get traded, who didn't want to get traded, who didn't like playing with who. And so my biggest Kobe uh, message and respect comes from one thing that nobody is talking about. Everyone talks about how he got better as a ball player. I noticed that Kobe got better as a person. And here's yeah. what I mean by that. The rumor, or not even the rumor, the message that I got from his teammates in L.A., directly from their mouths. And I don't go to people who exaggerate. I don't go to people who sugarcoat. Yeah. I go to guys that's going to give me the straight-up truth. No sugarcoat. And basically, the message I got from the young Kobe was that he was a narcissistic, arrogant, socially awkward, kind of talented, strange dude. Like, he would go to restaurants and not sit with his teammates, sit at another table. There was rumors that he would even say hi to some of his teammates. And when you unpack it, and I've lived in Europe, Kobe moved to Italy when he was six. Now, yeah. imagine that that you are a black kid from America, don't speak Italian, and you get dumped right in the Italian culture. I've lived in Italy. So he had to learn the language. He had to yeah. work really hard to fit in. And so from 6 to 13, Kobe basically was working hard to fit in in Italy. So at 13 or 14, he moves back to the U.S. He's not a typical yeah. uh, American black kid. He's like a black Italian guy <laughs> who grew up in Italy. So when he gets back to America, obviously he's very talented at basketball, but culturally, yeah. I'm sure he was a little awkward. So when I look back at it, was he really narcissistic or was he maybe uncomfortable fitting into the culture? Because mm. he, he's fluent in Italian. He was fluent in Italian, which means he worked really hard to fit in in Italy. Yeah. Now he gets to America and poor kid, I think a lot of people misunderstood that was yeah. he really narcissistic? Was he really arrogant? Or was he really fatigued? Like, man, I got to do this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's on, right. on the surface, I speak English. On the surface, I, I, I don't have an accent. On the surface, I'm American, but really, I'm not. Yeah. And now I got to try and fit in again. And here's what I want to give Kobe his respect for he did it. By the end of his career, he wasn't called narcissistic anymore. By the end of his life, I should say, he wasn't socially awkward. By the end of his life, he was out amongst the people, socializing, yeah. having an impact. And so people want to talk about his basketball career. Honestly, Jay, and I never really talked about that publicly because I'm very protective of NBA ball players, and I don't like to gossip, but I, I yeah, want to yeah. say this in respect. And I'm sure his, his L.A. Laker teammates would agree with me. Kobe's biggest growth was him as a person. Yeah. If you look at the background of a kid who got dumped in Italy, you know, I, 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 live, I used to live in Germany. I dropped my son off at three at a German daycare. And I was like, is this a good, is this smart? Like, he's the only black kid in there. Yeah. He doesn't know the language. And I remember dropping him off like, is this the right thing to do? And so yeah. I can only imagine what Kobe dealt with when he got dropped off 
the same way my son did at six yeah. in a new country and he doesn't know the language. He had to work really hard to fit in in Italy. And I think we've been really too hard on Kobe with some of the negative things people want to say without taking into account his background, his history. I deal with a lot of people, Jay. And one thing that I learned, that, man, when you see someone behave or act a certain way, if you look back in their archives, it makes sense. It's a story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's why we need to stop being so judgmental and start having empathy. So yeah. to, to answer your question, obviously Kobe left his mark as one of the greatest basketball players ever. But for me and the things I heard about him as a rookie and what I saw leave this earth, the final product, my biggest kudos and shout out and respect to Kobe was what he did in developing himself off the court. And a lot of people don't want to talk about athletes as humans because all they yeah. care about is how you produce on the court. But I'm a ball player, so that don't mean as much to me as what you become as a man and as a person. So I'm proud of the man that Kobe became ultimately at the end of his life. Yeah, I'm going to back your point up because for me, the connection with him was the business and the human being because basketball, like I said, is not so big in the, in the UK. So I'm backing your point up because what I saw was exactly what you were saying. A true gentleman, a true person who wants to genuinely help people and um, yeah man it was it was a shock over here as it was in the US and you know it leaves us with so much you know we could still watch his stuff and listen to his stuff and take inspirational but look we're coming towards the end of the podcast we, we can go for so long um, and you've got so much experience but I want to respect your time as well so I want you to leave me with some top tips so this is called the business mentor podcast and look you know I interview people and we inspire people on the business journey and help them as well but you know if I was to ask you some top tips maybe three tips we say three tips that the audience or the listeners I know you shared so much anyway but we could summarize it what would you like to leave um, the audience and then the people watching today with you know something powerful that when I left sports and started my business Jay I knew nothing about business when I say nothing I knew nothing smart guy right yeah yeah I had a yeah. college degree but I had totally committed myself to basketball for almost my whole life and what I did is I sought out mentors and then I began to read yeah right I began just to read books because I had to catch up. You know, most of my peers were already in the workforce 12 years, 13 years or so. And so I felt so behind. You know, even job offers I, I was given were entry-level yeah. job offers. Like I was 20 coming out of college. And so I had to catch up. And the way I caught up, I became a reader. I began just to read books. I began to go to seminars. I began to just... It's like an athlete really trained myself to become a business guy. And then I started writing my own books. Yeah. And every time I read a book, I get a new idea. I get a better understanding. Um, I get more knowledge. And so, you know, for example, I know people who sell for a living, but they have never really read, read a book on sales. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You're a leader, but how many leadership books have you read? So my, my, my message as I coach and mentor people, is readers, leaders are readers. Yeah. 
it doesn't take much time in a 24-hour cycle to always have a book on your bedstand or a book in the bathroom or wherever you think. Yeah, You're yeah. going to have some focused time. Man, when I read a book, man, it's, it's a game changer for me, and I get light from it. So probably the most important thing I did from sports to business, in basketball, I dribbled and I worked on my shooting every day. When I got into business, I had to work on this. Yeah. So now I've developed myself to a point that now I'm teaching business com- concepts globally and people love it. And my thought is, wait a minute, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Most people had a, you know, a 10 year head start, you know, yeah. I'm 51 now, but I didn't really start business until I was 32, 33. And I had no clue when I was yeah. 32, 33. And now at 51, 18, 19 years later, I'm a global expert. Only because I began to read, right? And and so that's my message for anyone at home. Let's read, okay? Yeah, yeah. Right now with the coronavirus, you know, get you get you get your audio book, right? Go to go to the uh, a bookstore and buy you a book, and you for twenty bucks, you can have a one on one coaching session with the author. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. You know, twenty dollars. And and now you got podcasts as well. You've 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 got no excuse. You've got to now just take the action. Read. I read. I listen. I watch. And you know, just just do what you can to get knowledge because ultimately there's no shortcut. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to thank you for leaving that. And that's really amazing. And I think the lesson there is just just study your craft. You know, there's no shortcuts. And, and it also was a shameless plug for my book. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you about your book. Don't worry. We like we like we like, to, we like educational books. <laughs> I'm going to come to that. So, look, yeah, yeah. I want to thank you for joining me. You know, it's an honor for, for, to have you on, you know, especially I think, you know, it's good to learn from people who've been there and done it. And you've obviously one of 3,000 that's ever played in the NBS. That's great. And I appreciate you reaching out and doing this. So where can people find you? And then we'll come back to your book. So, so where can people, if people want to find out more information and follow you, where can they do that? Easy. Uh, my website is WalterBond.com, just like 007. <laughs> your fans in, yeah, in yeah. Okay, should appreciate that name. Just WalterBond.com. Everything's on my website. We're on all social media platforms. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, again, we're launching our podcast Friday. Have you got right. a name for the podcast? Is a name come out for the podcast? Or are you no, still working gonna, on we're, that? We're going to have a meeting today to decide the name. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm flirting with Shark Mindset. My I like that. I like that. Um, so I don't know yet. Maybe you can merge the two together. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm coachable, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's pros and cons to both. But, yeah, yeah. you know, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're doing stuff globally, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just got back from Canada. I got a call tomorrow morning to go to Australia. Nice. And we're really helping people in a simple way, right? Mm. Not too deep, in a very simple way, helping people reach their potential in yeah. their industry. I've done it twice, right? Yeah, and yeah, I feel yeah. Like yeah. I've been called by God. I feel like my purpose, Jay, is to help others reach the pinnacle in their industry by simply mastering the fundamentals of their industry and it yeah. sounds simple and obviously you have to have some talent okay? yeah of you course. don't play an NBA without talent and I'm a talented speaker you know it just comes natural to me 
Yeah. But you're talented, right? And everybody on this earth has been given some talent by God of to course. be able to prosper. So here's my final thought. Um, before you decide a career, we should discover a gift. I'm going to say it again. Before we decide a career, we need to discover our gift. Now, at a young age, I knew I was gifted to play sports at a high level. I was bigger than everybody. I was stronger than everybody. I was faster than everybody. And for the most part, I had a higher sports IQ. When you look at LeBron James play, I mean, that's who he is at the NBA level. He's bigger than everybody, stronger than everybody, faster than everybody, and smarter than everybody. So for him, basketball's easy. And so in a smaller context, in my neighborhood growing up, and even in Chicago and state of Illinois, I had a similar you know, experience. But yeah. then you get to this ultimate level, and then there's a new pecking order established. That's right. Because yeah. guys are a little bit more talented. They are a little bit more athletic. But the same principles apply. We must master the fundamentals in order to reach the pinnacle. And so the same thing in business. I mean, we all can't be Bill Gates, right? This, this dude got something else going on in here, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But you can become the best you that you can be, right? Tony Robbins in my industry is the superstar. He's got something else going on in there. And yeah. I would love to be, you know, Tony Robbins, but I understand talent and ability too. I would love to have been Michael Jordan, but I wasn't. Yeah. I couldn't jump like Mike. I couldn't explode like Mike. I just didn't have what Mike had. So I had to become the best Walter Bond that I could be using the same approach. Right? Yeah, yeah, based that's on right. my talent and based on my ability. So any business person listening today, your lot in life is going to be based on your talent. But once you understand your talent, how can we take your talent and make you the best you that you can be? It might be your talent says, hey, you'll be a guy who, who makes one million a year. Yeah. The next guy might be like, look, dude, you could be making 10 million a year. Yeah. Right, you could be Kobe, you could be Mike, or you could be Walter Bond, but all three of you guys can play in the NBA, <laughs> right? But you're gonna have this pecking order once you get there. That's the same way I look at business. Like, come on, like we know your talent and ability. Let's use your talent and ability to make you the best you that you can be. Instead of copycatting somebody else, we want you to be original. But what is the gift and talents God gave you, and how can we polish and sharpen your saw? To where you can become the best you that you can. I like it. Your energy is electric. I love the energy. And you know, <laughs> but uh, th thank you. So tell us about your book because I know um, you've been sneaking it in there. But I want to see what's your what's your book because I want people. I want well, people. Thank you. Yeah, that's the one. It's that's the one. Swim. It's called Swim. Swim. Okay. Is that on Amazon? Is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon. You can go okay. Just swim. Just one word. Swim. Nice and simple. And it's yeah. already a bestseller. We've sold 10,000 copies. Wow. Um, it was ranked number 15 business book, October uh, 2019. It went up to seven, wow. uh, November 2019 and December of 2019. I was the number one author for my publisher, Wiley Publishing, which is one of the largest publishers in the world. So like this it. book is a parable. It's about this guy who got in trouble as a young kid and got a mentor. Yeah. I like okay. it. Yeah, and yeah. His mentor changed his life. So as far as I'm concerned, this book is what mentorship is all about. And to me, mentorship is different than leadership. Mentorship is a subset of leadership. Yeah. In other words, if you're going to be a great leader, you also need to be a great mentor. And I have grown men who read this book and they will confess that they were emotional when they got done. 
that they were literally in tears because I reminded them, if you're going to be a great leader, you can't be a great leader and not be a great mentor. Yeah. Okay. And not be a great coach. So any business leader listening to me today, are you a fruit inspector or are you a coach? Yeah. A fruit inspector looks at a person and say, oh, you know, he's okay. I can use him. Where coach says, you know what? He's got some skills. He's yeah. got some ability. She's got some skills. She's got some ability. I'm going to coach him up and he's going to be my next VP of sales. Yeah. I'm going to coach her up and she's going to be my next manager. So my job as a leader is not just to lead. My job as a leader is to develop. When you read about the story in this book, what happens and why people get emotional, here's my final comment. I have multimillionaires read this book and realize, you know what? I've been missing the mark my whole leadership. I'm talking about men, 50, 60, multimillionaires saying, man, I've been leading, but I've not been mentoring. To me, in a great white shark, it's about a shark and a shark mindset. A great white shark can carry as many as 30 sucker fish on their body. And the sucker fish connects to the shark. And they work in a symbiotic relationship. Every time a shark makes a kill, the sucker fish gets to eat the scraps. The shark takes the sucker fish deep into the ocean. The shark would take the sucker fish places that they can't take themselves. Doesn't that sound like a good coach? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Most importantly, there's parasites that attack the shark. And the sucker fish has one job. Eat the parasite. Wow. Kill the parasite. So for leaders, they're understanding now that I'm not a great leader until I take other people with me. Yeah. I'm not a great leader until I make others successful. And once a great leader gets that, that man, my legacy as a leader is going to be defined by the other amazing business people I develop. Think about that. My revenue is built into me developing others. I don't have to worry about my money. My revenue, if I'm producing multimillionaires on my team, right? And we've seen that in business. Yeah, yeah. How many millionaires has Bill Gates produced? How many? Jeff Bezos, how many millionaires has he produced? Right? And so that's my challenge for every business person. Stop focusing on your money and become a great white shark and figure out how many other business people on your team can you develop to become not just a good sucker fish, but to become a shark themselves. And I started this broadcast by explaining to you, Jay, I failed in life. But I had great coaches. I had great mentors. And for a long time, I was a sucker fish. But I made up on my mind, at some point, I got to stop being a sucker fish and start being a shark myself. And when you read the book, man, swim, people get emotional because you're going to identify with the character in the book. And you're going to know exactly what you need to do to get to your next level based on the shark metaphor. And there's a reason why the shark runs the ocean. There's a reason why the shark runs the ocean. And sometimes if you find yourself as a sucker fish, lost and confused, go get you a good coach. Yeah, 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 that's <laughs> go right. Go connect to a mentor. Yeah. And that mentor's job is to take you to the next level, feed you, okay, and take you for a ride. And I'm the living proof of a mentorship and a power up. Yeah. I flunked out of my first high school, Jay. I don't know if I mentioned that. And now I'm a best-selling author. You don't think I'm passionate about mentorship? Yeah, my yeah. father wasn't just my father. He was my high school principal. My college basketball coach, they developed me into an NBA ball player. 
And so I would not be who I am today without great coaches or great mentors. So when I go and coach and mentor others, it's done with the utmost humility to say, look, man, you guys might think I'm special and great, but I had help. <laughs> and I'm yeah. here to help you. And, and, and I'm going to pay it forward, basically. And when I die on this earth, I want to leave a mark, just like a shark. And I want those behind me to say, man, I heard Walter Bond, he changed my life. I read his book, he changed my life. You know what? My legacy's over. My legacy is gone. But let's keep the power going. How can you embrace other people and help them be successful? How can you find that young teenage kid who is lost and confused and turn him into the next entrepreneur, the next business owner? We all got a story. We all got a background. And I guarantee you, Jay, there's been people in your life that help you become the man you are today. And I want to make sure you give them the utmost respect. And remember, man, there's people out here who need you to be that for them. Yeah. And that's the cycle of life that mentorship is about. And it's not just about being a great leader. If we forget to be a mentor while we lead, I can make an argument that you're not really a leader at all. Because a leader develops their people. A leader coaches their people. A leader helps their people reach their potential. I'm, I think you were made for the business mentor podcast guest because you're just so men mentoring as it is. It is to help other people. You know, that's the most important thing. And look, you know, for my uh, my listeners and people watching on YouTube, make sure you check out the book. The book is, you know, it just tells you, just told us everything we need to buy. We need to buy the book. I, I want to thank you, Walter, for coming on. Thank you for your time. You know, I hope you guys are fine in the US. This is coronavirus stuff happening. And, uh, you know, it's happening over here as well. So we're all in together. Maybe that's what brings us all together. Who knows, eh? It could be a good thing. Well, you know, sharks never stop moving, right? Yeah, when yeah, yeah. And so I appreciate you. Um, even with the coronavirus, you yeah. stay focused. We yeah, got yeah. It in, we got it done. And I want to encourage everybody listening. The sacred six in the book Swim is about how a shark operates. And the sacred number one of the six, the sharks never stop moving forward. Yeah, keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's what Kobe did when his career ended. Yeah, 100%. He kept moving forward. And that's what life is all about. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. No, thank you, man. Thank cool, you. When I get cool. to London and, and UK, right yeah, now, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna meet up. Hopefully, you'll come to our studio here, and we'll do a follow up to it. You know, once all this virus stuff kicks off and uh, gets out the way, and we can get on. But, we, but again, you know, we're in the office working hard, just like you are. So you keep moving forward. Awesome. awesome. Love it. Thank you for that. Thank you. Shark mindset, baby. Let's I love go. it. Let's I love go. it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Right. Talk to you. Thanks, Walter. Thank you.